to talk about foundations, our firm foundation. So just like in the natural, the foundation of a home is what makes it stand, right? It can be the most gorgeous home you've ever seen. And yet its foundation is shaky. It's really not worth anything. And it's not going to have any value to it. Because when you go, the realtor is going to say, yeah, it is nice, but its foundation has to be totally redone. And it's not worth anything. You can't build on a foundation that is not sure. So I want to talk about foundations today. Number one, because I feel like it's been the theme of the entire church's year, is our foundations. Number one, because we came through a storm that we weren't prepared for, and it shook our foundation, and some things fell off, especially the and you know what the cool thing is? When you go through a storm, things that shake needed to shake and fall so you could fix them, right? So we came through a storm, and we've been talking about foundations and talking and talking and talking, but we need to also realize that, and I hate to say this, but things aren't getting better, <laughs> and we're getting ready to go through another storm, not only probably uh, because the world is the way it is, but as a church, we're getting ready to go through some things like, oh, uh, uh, December is going to be like that. I don't know if it's going to be like that for y'all or for, for, but I know it's going to be like that for our family. Like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, last year at this time. Uh, that's going to shake. That's a storm. But good thing is we're prepared for that storm this time. Because I guarantee you other people that have been through the same storm that did not have a firm foundation, they're off. They lost it. Unfortunately, I know of a, a young family that lost their mother, and their kids are off. They've lost their way because their foundation wasn't sure. So I want to I wanna kind of speak to the foundation today. So we need a foundation because, number one, no matter whether you've been through a storm, you're going to go through a storm because the Bible says storms will come. The storm will come no matter what. So, or both. I don't know if you've been to, um, on vacation, like sometimes we go skiing and we go, oh, this cabin is so nice. I wish we had a cabin. But then if you think about it, they always have to deal with the snow and all that stuff that goes with that. And they have to have special roofs because the snow comes and sits on the roofs and some of them have little heaters on the roof and I mean, you just think about it, every little, there's no perfect place to be, except for maybe the panhandle, right? But yes, I'm pretty sure if you ask maybe a daughter-in-law of mine, she's like, ah, the panhandle, there's nothing out here. <laughs> anyway, but, or the beach, you go to the beach, and oh my goodness, there's so many nice homes there. You go to the beach or the lake, and oh my goodness, it would be so nice. But what do they have to deal with? They have to deal with humidity and mold and what? hurricanes, and all kinds of stuff. So it doesn't matter where you're at. Everybody has to have a strong foundation. And I love the way the Bible works because it doesn't matter if it's in the natural. It's going to go over into the supernatural. The, it works. Those same principles are the same, whether it's in a real-life house or your spiritual walk with the Lord. You need a foundation you know what else is sometimes if your foundation is built on passion, 
you know, the youth, when they went to camp, oh my goodness, it was amazing. Or we come off of a weekend that we've heard this great speaker or whatever, and they're coming back and they're on fire. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, guess what? Life comes and passions fade. You know, passion and emotion is supposed to enhance our life, but it's never, never supposed to lead our life. Right. Um, and probably just to let you know, I'm probably going to do some side notes here on parenting every now and then. But this is one of those side notes. Parents, you cannot allow your kids to be led by their feelings or their passions. When those little bitty little baby F, he wants what he wants. By the way, it's his first birthday today. Happy birthday, baby F. <laughs> but you know what? If he was led by his feelings, he would never learn anything because his little feelings are fickle. Sometimes he wants his mama, and then once he goes to his mama, he wants his daddy, and once he goes to his daddy, he wants his mama again. And then he, I mean, it's just feelings are that way. They're this way and that way. Or they want something that they can't have. So if you let your kids, when they're that little, be you let them be dictated by their feelings when they get to be in their 20s it's going to be miserable for them right. and for you absolutely so do the hard thing now and train them not to be led by their feelings yes they're going to feel things i'm not saying deny their feelings but i mean how many of you guys feel like getting up and working out how many of you guys feel like loving your husband or your wife every day? Am I the only one who doesn't feel that way? I'm sorry, hon. Sometimes I have to choose. <laughs> Guess what? I don't always feel like loving my kids either. I don't feel like coming to church every day. I don't feel like doing the things that should. So if you train them, the younger you train them, the easier it is for them to do what they should do and not go by what they're feeling. So I said all that because when feelings fade and emotions fade and the storm's gone, what's left is your foundation. That's what's left. Some of us didn't have any foundation left and some of us had a foundation that we can start building on again. But we have, so what's left is the foundation. Um, so see see i'm trying to go slow i'm tricking you to think i don't don't know where i'm at in my notes but i'm really just going slow <laughs> um okay so you know that song and i even asked nate i think it was at the end of september i said hey nate guess what i'm gonna preach sometime and i want you to sing this song and he texts me when are you preaching i don't know I don't know. And so it's been the end of September. But we sang it, Firm Foundation. That's our firm foundation is the rock. Go ahead and pull up or look or whatever your little phone or your Bible or whatever, Matthew 7, 24 and 20 through 27. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built upon bedrock. 
But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And I think that's it, right? So the winds and the waves are going to come to both houses. One is going to be built on the rock, and one's going to be built on sand. So how do you build it on the rock? What is our rock? Well, go ahead and put it back up, Jeannie. It says at the very beginning, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. That's how you build your house on the rock. This right here, the word of God, is our rock. The Bible has to be our rock. And one of the main reasons why it's such a push for the people who are listening in the pulpits is because in a, there's this great deceiving coming in the church called spiritual relativism. I don't know if you guys know what that is, moral relativism. Well, if it's right for you, that's okay. It's not right for me. That kind of stuff. Oh, I'm going to love you. You just do whatever. Which way, I mean, there's truth in that. Should we not love everybody? Absolutely. But to say that what you're doing is, is okay just because you feel it it's just like what I was talking to earlier. You can't go by your feelings. There are certain things. What if I feel like I don't want to be married anymore and I want someone else's husband? I think when my, when my truth, when my truth interrupts with your truth, then there's a conflict. That doesn't work ever, especially with the people who say, oh, you do you. Oh, you just do you. You're okay. Well, you do you until you doing you bothers me, Right? I mean, I'm pretty sure mom's got some money in her purse. Well, doesn't she want me to be happy? I'll just go get whatever I want. No, all the, that's what basically you come to the root of it. That's what relativism is. I mean, it doesn't work. You have to have something that you compare to everything else and says, no, this is truth. There's a battle for, for truth in our nation. And if you don't know the truth, you will be led astray. So... I have this little example, and I have the most gorgeous twins to help me <laughs> in this. So, would the most gorgeous twins come up? There they are. Uh, where's the best for the TV? So, you need to come up here. Yes, I know. In the spotlight, right in the middle. Okay, so, for those of you who don't know, this is Casey and Sydney Griffin. They're the daughters of Tyler and Callie. Now, when they were little, <laughs> it was very, very difficult for me to tell them apart. So does anybody know which is which? If you know, raise your hand. Okay, so there's just a few. But I'm looking at the ones that raise in their hands that know which is which. And everyone who raised their hands know you. So see, I wish you would have worn the same thing and I would have said, okay, go run around in circles, stop, and we'll see who's who. Okay, so when I was little, I mean, we just like never called them by name. We're like, hi, because we would call them the wrong name, right? But guess what? Now I know this is Sydney and this is Casey. And there's no deceiving me at all. You know why? Because I work with Casey. 
Sorry. See, I, I pointed to Sydney. I pointed to Sydney. I do get names mixed up in my, in my brain, but I know the person I'm talking about. I work with Sydney. Sydney. Sorry, Sydney. Uh, um, but so if I'm coming down the hall, I may call them the wrong name, just like I just did. But I know exactly who I'm talking to, who I'm talking about. Sydney, I know her. Casey can't come to the gym and say, here, I'm ready to work. I'll go, wait a minute. I'm looking for Sydney. I need Sydney. You know why I know her? Because I know her. I spend time with her. There's no, I mean, I can tell there's just a little, oh my goodness, you guys are so close today. Uh, but their smiles are just slightly different. Their eyes are just slightly different. But I know them. All right, you guys can take a seat. Thank you. But the key is, because you can't fool me, is because I spend time with her. Guess what? It's the same way with our Bible, with the Lord. No one's going to deceive you if you know the word. If you know it, and there's lots of things going around, lots of things that are trying to get us off in error. And things that, okay, so let's just do a little, a little silly one. It's not necessarily silly, but things that are going around because you see it everywhere. The little signs that says, you are enough. You are enough. That is, doesn't that sound good? Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm enough. Yes. How many of you guys have seen that? You are enough. Guess what? If I put that through the filter, because not only is this my foundation, but I'm going to filter it. Every thought, everything that comes into my mind, uh, that I'm going to filter like an inspect builder inspector. I'm going to filter and say, hey, wait a minute. Can I build this on my foundation? Can I add it to my foundation? I mean, because that sounds so good. You are enough, and it makes us feel really, really good. But guess what? If I put that through the filter, guess what? I'm really not enough. But it, but it actually doesn't make me feel bad because guess what? Go ahead and put up um, Romans 3, 23, Jeannie, because it says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Go, you can put it up whenever. I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> But if we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, ugh, that means I didn't quite make it. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I haven't done everything just right to enter into the gates of heaven. And I'm sure not going to be enough to meet my husband's needs. I'm not enough to meet my kids' needs. I'm not enough. But guess what? God never leaves us there because he says, hey, guess what? I'm going to make up the difference. And if we know the word, we can say, okay, yeah, you know what? That says I, I'm enough, but I know the truth. The truth is I'm enough only if I'm relying on the Lord. So you can look up Romans 8, 27, 37. And I don't ha have this one memorized. It says, in all things, we are more than a conquerors through him that loved us. And there's all kinds of scriptures to back that up. But be only, I'm enough only when I am walking with the Lord. You know what? If Eugene is relying on me to meet his needs, 
I'm not going to be enough. I'm sorry. So when you see that sign, you need to say, nope, I'm not enough. But through the Lord, I am enough. Because he's going he's gonna to bridge the gap. Thank goodness. So those are some things that are so simple that are trying to, I wouldn't say that someone who says you're enough is trying to lead you astray. But that's how it starts. There's some well-meaning Christians that don't know their word either. Years ago, there was someone in this church that they were talking about someone who died and said, well, God needed them in their flower garden and they're, now they're an angel. I was like, do you read your Bible? <laughs> Could you show me that in the Bible? I mean, there's, it's, if it's not in there, it can't be part of your foundation. I mean, if you know where that's in the Bible, go ahead and show me, but I'm pretty sure it's not, like, 100% sure it's not. Um, so you've got to take every thought captive, everything that comes, and hold it against this filter. Does it stand? Um, there's another one, follow your heart. That sounds great, doesn't it? Just follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Kids, just follow your dreams. How about you follow the dream giver and your dreams will come true? Okay? How about you follow the Lord and let him direct your heart and you'll be, you will have great joy. What about this one? Well, God just wants me to be happy. He just wants me to be happy. You know, that sounds so great too. I mean, all these things sound great. God wants me to be happy. No, he doesn't. He wants you to be full of joy. Happiness is fleeting and depends on happenings. That's where we get our word from, happiness, happenings. So if everything's not happening just right, then you don't get to be happy. But you know what? Joy never fades because it comes from the Lord, and you can have joy in the midst of a storm. And people can look at you and go, why are you still standing? Because the Lord's my strength. Amen? Here's another one. And I haven't actually heard this one very much, but like love is love. I mean, it kind of goes along with God wants me to be happy. Love is love, right? No, God is love, first of all. But I'm not really attacking people. And, and this is something you need to remember, whether you're out in public or talking to people in your school and your co-workers, you never, ever attack people. You attack ideas. And you take them against the filter of the word. Because guess what? This is the only firm foundation that's going to stand. The only one. And if people think it's antiquated, guess what? It's the only one that stands. It's the only one that stands. Um, let's talk about parenting before we talk about love is love. Because this is, the, this is literally is the only thing that's going to stand. There are, Google has some great things. There's some great influencers out there. But if you don't take it through the filter of the word, their advice is not going to stand. I've lived on this earth 50 three years and from the time that I was little I would watch people and it's always been a desire I wanted to raise my kids the, the way the Bible said and even as a little kid I could tell 
that mom never corrects that person. And I've had the opportunity to actually do research through years and go, okay, so this is how they were trained. This is how they turned out. And I have never seen someone who was trained and not been corrected turn out. <laughs> turn out where they're a viable citizen to the people around them. No, what happens is if you don't train them when they're young, they're self-centered. Even Christians are walking around. The professing Christ followers are walking, walking around totally self-centered and have no idea how to sacrifice what they want for something else. They're undisciplined. You know, that's the greatest gift you can give your kids. I mean, when someone becomes a Christ follower, there's a process of walking out your salvation. And someone who has to walk out their salvation and become disciplined at the same time has a really steep hill to climb. But if someone who's not even a Christ follower become, that is disciplined and they become a Christ follower, they can shoot up. You know why? Because they're used to doing what's not popular. They're used to not going by their feelings. And they're used to sacrificing the now for the future. So there's a lot of things going around. I mean, gentle parenting. I call it, you should already have been doing that. Gentle parenting called fruit of the spirit parenting. I actually don't know all the things about gentle parenting, but I do know that, you know what? You don't have to go off on these little tangents. You know, when I was, when my kids were little, timeouts were huge. Like everybody, that's what you're supposed to do. I was like, when I'm by myself, that's when the enemy talks to me and I want to be there to combat the enemy's lies in my kids' life. I'm not going to put them by themselves, especially when they've done something wrong. I mean, how many of you think grew up, if you grew up in timeouts, I can guarantee you what happens when you sin today. When you sin and mess up today, you probably go off into your own little world and you beat up yourself and tell yourself how, what a little worm you are and that you don't deserve anything. You know why? Because I know exactly that's how the devil works and you have an enemy that when you go off by yourself and you've done something wrong, even little kids, you put them off by themselves, that's exactly what he says. You're not worth anything. You just messed up. But if you actually parented the way the Bible told you to parent it, you would have corrected them for their that incident, and then you would have embraced them and tell them how much you love them and say, you know what, now get up and let's go again. Or, depending on the thing, you could actually, the incident, you could actually say, you know what, this is a hard thing for you to overcome. Let's pray and ask God to help you. That's something you need to remember. Do you know, as much as I wanted to, <laughs> I could not make a couple of my kids be patient. I cannot make them be patient. The only thing me as a parent can do is point out, you are being impatient. You have to cry out to the Lord and ask him to help you. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. You know, I can't make 
my kids do anything. Now, they're old. Even when they were little, though, they still had the choice. And, and when they got old enough to understand, I was constantly telling you, this is something you cannot do in your own strength. You have to ask the Lord to help you. And guess what, parents? You can't parent in your own strength either. Unfortunately, now I love math. I really do. I love my little formulas. If I can find the formula, I can find the answer. But us math people, we kind of like those formulas in life too. You know, if we just do this, 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 we get this. That's what I want to do. I want this, 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 get this. I don't want to have to think. But the Lord says, no, I'm sending you a helper. He's the Holy Spirit. You walk with him every day. And sometimes he's going to say something different. He's going to say, you know what? That kid needs grace and just a hug today. That happens all the time at the gym. There's a, some little kids that might need some help. <laughs> but all of a sudden, right when I'm going, uh, the Holy Spirit will say, she needs you to just hug her. And that's the same with our kids. They, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what they need right when they need it. There's no formula to follow, but there is a road map that you will never go wrong. So, parents, I'm not saying throw away Google and don't Google things, but I am saying take it through the filter. I'm not saying don't read psychological, whatever, psychology books. I'm not saying that, but it better be going through the filter. Because there's some good things that you can get if it lines up with the word. But if it ever comes in contrast to the word, boom, you better know which one you're going to follow. Okay, there. Okay, so back to the love is love thing because that's really big and it's hitting the church huge. Because is it right for, we? the church should be open for everybody to come. Thieves, if you're a robber, let's just say you're a thief. You, you, you uh, moonlight as a thief at night. And so you moonlight as a thief and you go to houses and take whatever you feel like, right? You're a thief. So can you guys agree with me that that is not right? That's not right. It's in the Bible. It's not right. Thou shalt not steal. It is not right. But if a thief comes through that door and they come in the church, we're going to love them. But I tell you what we're not going to do is we're not going to compromise the word. We're not going to say, oh, we just love you so much. Let me introduce you to Pastor Margaret, and I will tell you where her safe is in her house. Okay, no. That's, you know what? Just for those of you who need it, that's stupidity gone to seed. <clears throat> okay, so does that mean that someone who comes in who's having identity problems and has been deceived, that we, don't, we, we, we do the same thing. We love them. But we're not going to compromise the word. We're not going to compromise the word and tell them, oh, you can still serve and be our singer. No, we're not going to compromise. 
You know why? Because we have to have the foundation if we're going to last. The storms are coming, and we're going to have to have the foundation. But you know what? We will tell that person how much God loves them. You know what? God, um, and you know what? I'm just going to read it. Go ahead and put it up. First uh, Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. <clears throat> Because I don't know if you've heard this, but I've heard this a lot. And I kind of bought into it. Then I actually started remembering what I was reading in the Word. How many of you guys have heard, well, sin is sin. There's no greater one or lesser one. Sin is sin. That, that actually sounds right. But there is a sin that the Bible talks about that is worse than other sins. And you know what it is? It's a sexual sin. Do you know why it's worse? Because it sins against your own body. You are sinning against your own body. So it says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to ourself, your, yourself. That's what, that's, your body is not your own, okay? Your body is not your own. This is a big deal in the body of church now. If it helps me, if it makes me happy, why are you condemning me for it? Hey, I'm not condemning you. I'm telling you, God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to destroy your body. And it doesn't matter what kind, if you're bringing in substances in your body that shouldn't be, you are sinning against your body. He says he will meet every need you have, and that includes if you're anxious, he's going to meet it. If your hormones are out of whack, He's going to tell you how to get them out of your out of whack. In whack. Thank you. <laughs> we don't want out of whack hormones. Trust me. Uh, you know what? If you're having an identity crisis and you don't know who you are or who you like, he can come and he can put his identity inside you. And he can change you just like he can change a robber. Okay, Jeannie, I didn't finish that. So let's finish that. For God bought you with a high price. You know what his high price was? Jesus. His only son that he gave. And he shed his blood. That's a pretty high price. That's someone's life. So you must honor God with your body. Is there more? Did I go on more? Oh, where's the one? Maybe I didn't. Here, let me see. That probably, yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot more. Read Romans 1. You know, I don't know how the Christians, the Christians who say that you can do whatever you want and love whoever you want and marry whoever you want because God wants me happy, they're taking chunks out of the Bible. Chunks. Their foundation is shaky. Shaky, shaky, shaky. But does that mean we condemn them? No. You know why God tells us that? Because it hurts you. It hurts you. It's just like, am I being mean to tell baby Everett he can't crawl in the street? No. I, I don't want him to crawl in the street because I love him. And I don't want him to be ran over. God actually paid a high price for you 
So he wants you to honor him in his body, not because he's thinking, I need all this honor. No, because he loves you so much that he gave his only son for you so that you, your body, you could live blessed. You know, it's a blessing that I can walk up and down these stairs. It's a blessing that I can breathe. You know what? Because I'm taking care of my body. And I'm not racked with disease. And God knows that it not only harms your body, but it harms your mind. And it, those people out there that are pushing, 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 that this is a God thing and that it's okay and you're not a Christian if you don't accept it, that's just their cry for help. It's just their cry trying to validate themselves. You know, honestly, if you think about it just like a robber, God died for that robber and can deliver him out of that. Just like God died for those people who are having identity problems. He can deliver them, but there will be a deliverance. And so when they come, God's word, we've been learning in children's church, God's word is alive and it is powerful. It is alive and powerful. No other book can say that. No other book has alive and powerful and transforming power. So when they're going to come, we're going to welcome them in and we're going to love them, but we're going to still teach the word because guess what? It has transforming power and it's going to transform them and out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light so that they can be a light to the world around them. Okay? So we're going to make sure our foundation's sure and I've, that's, I've definitely meddled this morning. But, and Faith, Nate, you ready to come? Um, because some of you, as we're closing, if you're here, and it's kind of sketchy this morning, but even if you're online and you're thinking, I have no idea what she's talking about. I don't have any foundation. Well, it starts by giving your life to the Lord. Becoming not just a Christian. If you, Some people think just because they live in Guymon, Oklahoma, they're a Christian. That is not true, by the way. That's not in the Word. But to become a Christ follower. Go ahead and put up Matthew again about the, the very first, where it says, if you follow my teachings, you will be wise. That's where the foundations come. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follow it, follow it is wise. So you may say, I don't know any of his teachings. So this morning, I just want to give you the opportunity. If you don't know any of his teachings, you have no idea what this life is about. He, the God the Father, gave his only son to take your place because we fell short. We fell short. We couldn't do it on our own to bridge the gap. And the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So he took your place and he shed his blood on that cross. But not only that, he descended into hell, defeated death, hell in the grave, came back, took his blood, put it on the mercy seat and here is the payment for Amber here is the payment for Callie here is the payment for Kim and if you don't accept that your foundation is on sand and when the storms come it will it's going to fall there's no 
it will fall. There's no if, it's when. It will fall. Because the storms are coming. Passions fade, emotions fade. Whether it's your marriage, your kids, your life, it needs to all be built on the Word of God. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.